Freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, one and all. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening. I am your host, Mark Passio. This show is live every Tuesday evening from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. The second hour picked up by the Oracle Broadcasting Network. Their website, oraclebroadcasting.com. That is part of the Intel Hub radio show. I do a a one-hour contribution to the Intel Hub radio show in the second hour of the show on Tuesday evening. So check out their website as well, theintelhubradio.com. We have a good show lined up for tonight. And the first thing, of course, that I want to mention is that the Free Your Mind conference is coming up this weekend, only four days away. This Saturday and Sunday, April 9th and 10th in the city of Philadelphia, and I have to tell you, it's been quite a ride over the last year organizing for this great event and planning to bring in all of the speakers from all over the country, and it is uh, really, really shaping up to be uh, quite a great weekend here in Philadelphia, and a lot of people are talking about it, and I think a lot of people are excited about this, so more on that in a moment. Um, I have a couple of event announcements and I'll give the call-in numbers and then we're going to continue our discussion on Freemasonry. We've been discussing the allegorical tradition of Freemasonry in the esoteric sense, that is the deep roots of the tradition, and we're going uh, down deep into the meanings of the symbols and allegories that are contained within the Freemasonic tradition. We've been doing that over the last few weeks, and we'll continue to do that over the next few weeks at least. So more on Freemasonry coming up tonight. If you go up to the website, if you're not already there, on the Radio Listen page, there is a series of 13 images listed for tonight's show, April 5th, 2011. Um, It says images for tonight's show, and then there are 13 links there. We basically made it through the first six images. I'm going to recap a little bit about 
image number six there on the radio listen page on whatonearthishappening.com. And um, we're going to briefly recap the legend of Hiram Abiff, and then we're going to get into the first degree of Freemasonry, the entered apprentice degree this evening, and hopefully get to a breakdown of the first degree tracing board of Freemasonry this evening. So that's coming up. The event announcements, here we go, of course, Free Your Mind, a conference on consciousness, mind control, and the occult, Saturday, April 9th, and Sunday, April 10th, that's this weekend, at Ruba Hall, 414 Green Street, in the city of Philadelphia. The doors open both days at 9 a.m., and the speakers will begin promptly at 10 a.m. on both days. Admission price is $30 at the door. I would say at this point, please do not uh, even attempt to send any uh, advanced ticket um, uh, requests or orders because there's not enough time for that probably to reach here. Um, so don't take that chance. Just uh, get your tickets at the door if you don't already have them. For Your Mind is a unique two-day conference scheduled for April 9th and 10th, 2011 in Philadelphia, PA, featuring multiple speakers and diverse educational materials for the purpose of raising public awareness of the critically important topics of mass mind control techniques, the covert and subversive influences upon our consciousness and behavior, trauma-based and ritualized abuse, and the practical mental and emotional healing methodologies available for those affected by these devices. The featured speakers, Aaron McCollum, Alfred Weber, Andrew Bashago, Bob Tuscan, Farah Yurdozu, Freeman Fly, Jan Irvin, stepping in to take the place of Paul Marco will be Jay Parker, John Nicholson, Joseph Mara, Larkin Rose, Laura Eisenhower, Mark Matika, Mark Passio, Michael Kelly, and Suzanne Taylor. There is a conference schedule posted to the front page of the conference website, which you can visit at www.freeyourmindconference.com. That's freeyourmindconference.com. And I hope to see a lot of folks out at the Free Your Mind Conference this weekend. Guaranteed you will learn a lot and not come away empty-handed. All right, so that's the first event announcement. The second one, of course, is FedStock 2 coming up Saturday, April 23, 2011. FedStock is the official and the Fed rally for the city of Philadelphia. And the theme for this year is Turn Your Back on the Federal Reserve. For more information on FedStock 2, and the location and the events that they have planned for this uh, this year for End the Fed, please visit www.phillyendthefed.com. That's P-H-I-L-L-Y, endthefed.com. You could also visit the organizers' a meetup group, meetup.com meetup group at truthfreedomprosperity.org. That's truthfreedomprosperity.org. Okay, those are the event announcements. And let me give the call-in numbers. Now, if anybody wants to call in, there's never any taboo topics. But uh, I'd like to take some calls maybe on the Free Your Mind conference if anyone has any questions or thoughts about that. 
and about anything related to Freemasonry that we have been covering over the last few weeks. So the call-in number for the first hour of the show is 724-444-7444. Once again, the call-in number, 724-444-7444. The call ID number, which you will be prompted for when you call in, is 83515. Once again, the call ID number for what on earth is happening, 83515. Hopefully, we will get some callers today on the line, and uh, we could take some calls maybe about the Free Your Mind Conference. Here we go. Last week, we left off discussing Freemasonry as an allegorical tradition, as a tradition in which ultimately what is attempting to be conveyed to the initiate of this tradition is an understanding of morality and an understanding of natural law principles. And this understanding is taught in an indirect way in Freemasonry. It is taught through a system of symbols, allegories, and rituals. That is what Freemasonry is at its essence. Okay, And we made the distinguishment between true esoteric Freemasonry and Lodge Masonry as it is practiced today, how that has been kind of watered down and degraded over the years. It's not in a, in a good state. It's in kind of a, a state of disarray, if you ask me. And um, we're making the distinction between two kinds of masonry, ult- ultimately. Freemasonry is ultimately trying to build a world of freedom that is in harmony with the natural law. Dark masonry, which is what a lot of Freemasonry, so-called Freemasonry, has turned into, is attempting to build barriers between people, erect barriers in their mind toward coming online to true psychological freedom, getting out of mind control, in other words, okay? They're putting barriers in place to that, continuing to teach the idea of the authority uh, vested in man, of which there is no such thing. That's, uh, that's one of the biggest lies that can ever be taught, bought, or sold. And uh, basically um, continue toward an author- authoritarian path, which is leading us into the system of slavery, which we talk about on this show. That is dark masonry. I don't even call that Freemasonry. It is a perversion of the original esoteric teachings of, of true Freemasonry. But do not doubt that that is actively going on, and uh, a lot of lodge systems are set up for that very purpose. So uh, we have to be mature in the understanding that we're not talking about one thing here when we talk about the tradition of masonry, okay? We're talking about a pure, unadulterated tradition, and then one that has become adulterated and infiltrated by dark occultists. And what we are attempting endeavoring to teach here is the true unadulterated teachings and the true meaning behind the symbols and allegories of the original um, unadulterated uh, tradition of Freemasonry. So we were looking at the general structure of the degrees. We looked at a couple of weeks ago into one of the main symbols of Freemasonry, the compasses, 
and the square with the G in the middle of it. And we looked at the concept of light and the role that the light and the sun plays in this tradition. And last week we delved into the allegorical legend of Hiram Abiff, the original uh, master mason. And we saw that this legend is essentially about death and resurrection. And it has very deep connotative um, uh, analogies to astrotheology, as we saw last week. Hiram Abiff is a master builder who King Solomon basically recruits to build his temple. And he's the, the main architect in charge of the project. He's skilled in the working of metals. This is very symbolic because alchemy is about the working with metals. And it's about changing base metals into higher quality metals like gold. And this is really ultimately an allegorical symbol for changing base consciousness into higher level consciousness. So he's an alchemist, Hiram Abiff. Okay, he's not just a, a builder of a physical building. Okay, this is just a symbol. He's a builder of a better uh, form of consciousness and a better brain and ultimately a better human being. Okay, because the tradition of Freemasonry is ultimately about the brain and the heart. And those two um, very, very powerful centers of consciousness actually being built to higher states and to ultimately work together and not in opposition, but in unity consciousness, uh, again, such that we, are, we become beings that as we think, so we feel and so we act. And um, we do that in a moral way and in a way that is keeping with natural law, as we've discussed so much on this show. So, Hiram Abiff is also emblematic of the sun. We see that um, in this legend, he is, in, in the allegorical story of Hiram Abiff, he is accosted by three base consciousness individuals. They call them the ruffians, Jubala, Jubalo, Jubalum. Okay? These three individuals basically confront him at three gates of the temple, the symbolic temple of Solomon. Okay? And they ask him for the secret word of masonry, which he refuses to grant them because there's a reason for this when we get to the idea of what the lost word actually is and what that concept represents and why really even if he wanted to give him the word, he could not really give it to them because, again, it's a symbol, it's symbolic, and no one can actually give you that. And you'll understand what I mean when we get to what that lost word is. So um, he he refuses to give up this 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 deep secret of masonry, the lost word, to these ruffians, these base consciousness men, and they uh, they accost him. So they strike him with a 24-inch gauge, uh, with a um, a square, and with a setting maul. Okay, so he's. Uh, or I admit, perhaps it's a level, I, I can't quite remember, but he is, um, he is struck with these three tools, okay? And the final blow comes in the form of this hammer to the third eye, okay? So he's struck in 
the chest, he struck in the throat, and he struck in the middle of the forehead or the third eye chakra. Okay, now these three blows that he receives ultimately kill him. He is, he is first accosted in the east, then in the south, and then in the west where he is slain. And what this represents is the path of the sun. Okay, so again, Hiram Abiff is likened to the sun in the, in the allegory of the legend of Hiram Abiff. And this connects with astrotheology, which we've looked at extensively, particularly the Christian form of it. So he is like the uh, Masonic Christ figure or hero savior that is slain and dies and then needs to be resurrected. And again, this all ultimately is about the killing of the truth, the killing of the human spirit, and how those uh, qualities need to be resurrected within us. That's the deeper meaning behind the allegory. We can't get caught up in the physical story, okay, thinking that it's literally true. Then we can't get caught up even in the, the exoteric astrotheological underpinnings, which are really just a relationship to the light and the sun and its path in the sky. Okay, it's, it's telling a story about the light, and that's what Hiram Abiff represents. The light needs to be resurrected. The truth needs to be resurrected. Living in harmony with natural law needs to be resurrected. Okay, so this is a death and rebirth story. Okay, a story of being slain or basically being put into a state of conditioned consciousness or unconsciousness, as the, the case may be, it would be uh, better to say a condition of total unconsciousness, or basically being dead to what's really going on in the world and within yourself, okay? And then needing to go within and find the, the, the courage, the desire, and the uh, knowledge to resurrect yourself out of that sorry condition of consciousness. That's what ultimately this story is about. So that's what the story of Hiram Abiff is telling. And Solomon representing, you know, the, the higher force of consciousness, the coming together of the sun and the moon, who the temple is ultimately being built for. And we're going to look at this symbolic temple of Solomon tonight. He, he sends out 12 helpers to go and look for Hiram Abiff and resurrect him from the dead. Okay, and this is, of course, the story of the sun and the 12 houses of the zodiac and the sun making its trek throughout the year, okay, between the northern and southern hemispheres. It rises in the northern hemisphere, then it sets in the, in the fall season to the, to the southern hemisphere where it goes to its lowest point of power at the winter solstice, and then it resurrects again at the spring equinox to repeat the cycle all over again, okay? So that's what we're seeing here again in this tradition very similar to what we see in the Christian tradition, okay? It's, it, the, the parallels are striking, okay? Because it's ultimately attempting to teach the same message as the esoteric form of Christianity. That's what true Freemasonry is attempting to teach. The golden rule, uh, treat others as you would be treated, period. Live in harmony with natural law. Respect other, others' natural law rights. There is no authority. The creator is the authority. Man is not. The end. That's it. Okay. Ultimately, that's what lies at the end of this initiatory process. If someone really is open to it and transforms through 
study through, um, you know, the desire to open up their mind, get out of their conditioned level of consciousness, and improve themselves. Okay? But ultimately, that has to be done uh, by the person themselves. The, the lodge system can only be a helper or an assistant to that process. Okay? Like anyone with vast amounts of knowledge cannot actually change someone's consciousness for them. The being must do that themselves. That is their own work. All a person who has a lot of information and a higher level of consciousness can do is show somebody the way. They can show them the door, but they have to walk through it. They can show them the path, but they have to walk down it. Okay? So, uh, to go back to this story of the murder of Hiram Abiff, we'll, we'll look at, uh, in, when we look at the third degree, we'll look at that process of resurrection uh, because that's what the third degree tracing board is all about. Uh, the first degree tracing board, which we're going to look at tonight uh, in a little while, is about the building of the Temple of Solomon and what that Temple of Solomon symbolically represents. We've already seen this image before on the show, but I'm going to extensively attempt to break it down uh, this evening. So uh, the first degree of Freemasonry is known as, and this is the initiatory degree. Initiation means beginning. Okay, so I've said before on the show that dark occultists, okay, actually have a name for people, people in the world who basically have no idea what's going on in the world. They have no idea what's going on within themselves. They don't know about consciousness. They don't know about the forces that shape consciousness. They know nothing of the brain. They know nothing of the human heart and, and the mechanisms of the soul the deep underpinnings of the human psyche and how that works. They basically are people who know very little about anything of any major significance. Dark occultists in the world who try to keep people in this manipulated and conditioned state their whole lives and let them die in that condition um, call people the dead. That is what they actually refer to people as, the dead. Okay, as sick and twisted as that is, that is their name for the average human being on planet Earth. Okay, I have said before on the show, they also will sometimes refer to them as the unbegun. Those who have not begun to even begin the process of deciphering reality and searching for truth. They have not even started. They are not even a little bit of knowledge at the place where they have a little bit of knowledge or understanding of natural law or how anything works basically and that means they are uninitiated they do not have initiation okay they do not have initiatory drive the drive the desire that is necessary to begin the process of awakening toward enlightenment and what this first degree is ultimately about is initiation it is about beginning at the bottom level to climb the long ladder to enlightenment okay and as Hiram Abiff represents the light okay and he will not give this lost word to these ruffians who who attack him because he knows ultimately he, again even if the desire was there to suddenly enlighten them they must do that work for themselves. Again, the idea here is that enlightenment 
is a stepwise process. It doesn't just magically happen. It requires time when you are in a state of conditioned consciousness. You're not going to just suddenly and majestically, magically, all at once break that conditioning. And I, I, I've said, okay, there is this concept in Eastern traditions known as the Satori Awakening, S-A-T-O-R-I, this sudden awakening. Maybe it comes in the form of some sort of a mystical experience or a, a kundalini explosion of energy. Wonderful if that happens. You know, it may happen to one in a million people. If that, people who have any experiences like that, like a sudden Satori awakening, that they're, they're completely conditioned and in a state of general unconsciousness, and then they suddenly awaken one day, and they really know what's going on in the world, they, they should thank their lucky stars. They should count their blessings. Wonderful if that happens. I'm not going to frown upon that, but you know what? That happens so rarely that it's almost not worth talking about. If it happens, wonderful. Go with the flow and enjoy. But for most people down here on the ground, enlightenment requires work, and it's a stepwise process of pulling yourself up one rung at a time, one level at a time, and that takes time to accomplish it doesn't just happen all at once. So that's what this idea is. And yes, this is a Western mystery tradition concept. It isn't much in keeping with the Eastern forms that enlightenment can suddenly, suddenly occur. Okay? And again, I've said I don't dismiss that idea. However, it's so rare that what we are basically talking about and focusing on is how it happens for most people. The process of enlightenment. It is a stepwise process requiring time, effort, and um, desire Okay, to continue on no matter what the obstacles look like. So I'm going to take a break right there, and we have a caller on the line. So let's take this call. <clears throat> Guest number four, you're on. What on earth is happening? What do you have for us? Good day, Mark. I go by Hold the on. name of Keeper. Okay. How are you doing tonight? Fantastic. Thank you. Mark, I've been going through your archives and listening to your shows. Um, I'm trying to go all the way through from the, from show one, and, and it's been uh, very enlightening. Very, um, well, enlightening, that's the thing. You know, once you see the pattern or the trap, then you have the chance of avoiding or changing events in the situation. And... Um, you're pointing things out and you're helping me to see things, and I appreciate that a lot. Well, I um, appreciate the kind words of encouragement there. And uh, again, that's all I'm here to do is connect dots, paint a few pictures that help people to see a wider uh, you know, array of things and how they interlock together. And hopefully I'm doing a fairly decent job of that. And um, you know, my, my suggestion is to just keep going, you know, uh, keep seeking truth, and, you know, uh, that, that's what it's all about. It's, it's, it's about that journey. So I appreciate that. You ha do you have anything else? Well, that's, that's one of the things here. You know, the, um, one of the things you say is to just go ahead and research things and just go out and find things. And, and I have been doing this process on my own for some time, as, as many of us have. But the problem I've run across is that there's a lot of disinformation. Oh, yes. And the, the very occulting of the of this concept makes it very, very, very difficult to find the real deal. Yes. What, 
how do you determine which things are the truth and which things you should focus on and things you should be like, this is nothing, it's rubbish? Yes, let's talk about that. So um, there is a lot of disinformation out there. And the reason for that is very simple, particularly with the dawn of the Internet, okay? When information availability is widespread and it's basically at people's fingertips, okay? You really can't hold back the floodgates of information anymore, okay? So information is out there. It simply is out there, all right? What those who really want to stop people from reaching certain information uh, are doing now, as opposed to attempting to withhold certain pieces of information, which they know they cannot, because anybody can be a publisher now. You could scan something and put it online. You could record something digitally and, and put it online. And when it hits the Internet, it basically becomes immortal, practically, unless this planet goes away. Okay, that's how powerful the Internet is. As soon as something hits the net, people are downloading it, especially if you are on some kind of a distributed uh, um, um, information system like BitTorrent or something like Usenet, which goes out to tens of thousands of servers worldwide. When it hits the web in a form like that, it's basically preserved, and it's going to be in circulation of knowledge in the world until this planet is no longer here. Okay, So they know they can't stop the flow of information. What they need to do is add noise to the signal so that while that signal is being broadcast, it becomes hazier and fuzzier and more disjointed and, and, and you know, uh, like a radio signal that isn't coming in clear. Okay, so I think that's what you're referring to here. Now, my suggestion to that is go to sources that basically are talking about the the main underlying concepts and don't get too bogged down in details. Okay, now, of course, we delve into details here on the show. It's important to do. If the person is speaking from the point of view of true freedom, individual sovereignty, the understanding that there is ultimately no authority in man. That's a person that I would pay attention to. If they're promoting something that is self-empowering and not fear-based, but also not from an egoic perspective, from a perspective of truly wanting to help people, that's the kind of person that I would pay attention to and listen to. I think it takes an intuitive um, quality that we have to develop on our own uh, by, by being eclectic about information intake. What that means is taking information from a wide variety of sources, and that will put you in a better position to gauge whether this person uh, intuitively, whether their information feels right, and uh, you could get a sense for their heart when you do that. And I, I mean, I don't have any more specific uh, techniques that I can tell you to do. Uh, what, that, what I do is try to be as eclectic about the information gathering as possible. And if, if you saw how much information was in, in this house right here, like I said, I, I look at it sometimes and I almost want to pass out. Like I've gathered a lot of data and sift through that. And then you will begin as you take in more and more to develop an intuitive understanding of whether the person that you're, you're, you're receiving that information from basically has the core underlying concepts down correct. And hey, everybody is human. Everybody will make mistakes. I will make mistakes. 
There, not every single little last detail that I've ever said is 100% accurate. You need to take things and delve into them on your own, refine things. People will do that with lots of people's information. They'll say, okay, well, they got this 98% right. I'm going to refine it down to 99.9% correct. And that's what it is. It's about a distillation of information. And again, the main themes is what to focus on. In other words, uh, don't, don't let it become something where you don't see the forest for the trees by focusing on minutiae get the general overarching concepts. And when you do that, you'll really be able to, you'll be able to uh, see and hear the heart of that person versus getting bogged right. down in, oh, he said this one day that was wrong and now he's a disinfo agent. It doesn't work that way. You know? It's about getting the gist of their ultimate underlying message and that's the essence of that person's heart. Exactly. And you need to follow your heart and use your intuition. You can feel when the, you, you're hearing the truth or not the truth, but an actual technique that is useful in finding out and in, in distilling the information out is the trivium. Absolutely. And I really suggest that everybody look into this trivium method. Uh, Jan Irving does an excellent job of, of conveying this message, but it's a very powerful classic technique uh, it's no longer taught in school since about the 40s. It was That's dropped right. off the school curriculum um, for a very good reason, because it allows you to see through disinformation or lies by breaking down the actual language and understanding the core concept of what's being said to you. you and you it. can point out the logical fallacies or the actual correct logic in anything, whether it's a spoken word, heard on the radio, seen on television, any source, you can break it down. And I want to I want to uh, let everyone know. Jan will be speaking at the Free Your Mind conference on the trivium. He will be breaking the trivium down, explaining to people what it is, explaining to people how it was used in 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 you know uh, previous times, and also to, to discuss why it is not being taught in school in our modern. Uh, Soviet-derived and Nazi-derived outcome-based education system, which we've covered on this show. Uh, uh, these tools in hand, you know, um, grammar, logic, and rhetoric, and then into the quadrivium, which is mathematics, geometry, music, and astronomy. Uh, Jan Irvin does an excellent job uh, discussing these. Uh, you want to check out his website at uh, triviumeducation.com. And uh, uh, Jan's main site is um, uh, GnosticMedia.com, and I just did two interviews with him over the past month, uh, a month or a month and a half, something like that, uh, and they're still up on his site. They're actually posted to the news section of my site. You can uh, also get them at Jan's main podcast page, which is uh, uh, GnosticMedia.com. Uh, yeah, Jan Irvin is a, a, a tremendous resource, and I definitely encourage people to check out his work. Well, Mark, I, I don't want to take up much more of your time because I want you to get back into higher and abyss and, and these excellent allegories here, which is very mind op or eye-opening and mind-opening at the same time. I really appreciate this uh, insight into Freemasonic. Um, yes. And one of the most important questions that I have here is, what are the natural laws? I have an understanding through your messages that you need to be in alignment with the, with the natural laws yes. in a unified trivia, uh, tr 
the mind, the, the feelings, and the actions in alignment with the natural laws, and that's the, the, the generative principle here. Yes, but I talked about natural... Yeah, I, I talked about natural law. More. I'm sorry. I, I talked about natural law pretty extensively on past podcasts. I, I would I would guess that you're probably not up to those podcasts if you began at the beginning. So um, the, the the main one is podcast number 36, in which I do a presentation on natural law. So um, mm. the, the whole concept of natural law, what it is, how it functions, is broken down in podcast number 36, and there is an accompanying slideshow presentation, which I posted in the form of a uh, high-quality PDF document w- with that podcast. It is podcast number 36 on the podcast page. Well, so I, I, sure. yes, I would encourage you to check that podcast out for, those, that, for that answer. Excellent. And uh, I just wanted to leave with one more thought here sure. uh, that we all we're, we're all in the process of being the mason of the moment that's absolutely right we are the builders of our collective experience I thank you for the call I really appreciate the kind words and uh, you take care thank you Mark I'll be listening further take care great call there okay so I have the best callers anywhere on talk on internet talk radio. Period. I mean, uh, that's just the truth. You know, uh, never disappointed with the call-ins to this show ever. So um, here we go. We were uh, talking about the process of initiation and how the original mystery schools initiated people would was they would give them uh, a bit of of the secrets or the mysteries, I guess you could call them, about consciousness, and they would basically attempt to determine whether this person really had the desire to go further. You know, it was the idea that you want to uh, give people, uh, someone who is thirsty, a half a cup of water and see if they want more after that instead of flooding them with a whole lot. You know, I tend to do that sometimes. You hit people with so much information that they can't take it all in. And then some people, you know, you'll, you'll go up to them and you'll, you know, tell them a little bit and they'll, they're like a, a sponge ready to soak it all up and they want more and more and they could take it almost as fast as you can, they could give it, uh, you could give it out. So uh, that's, that was the idea here. This was a, again, a sense as a stepwise procedure, they are, through this process of initiation, attempting to determine who the really thirsty people were, I guess you could liken it to, and who the people who really didn't want any, any part of it were. Because, you know, the, the fall into ego-based consciousness is thousands and thousands of years old into the antiquity of the human species. So these mystery schools have been around for thousands of years. And uh, this is how this process worked back then I, I i say now in the modern day we don't really have we can't afford to do it that way anymore you know um i think we need to really distribute knowledge as much as possible freely and openly and people out will, will go out there and take it on their own now that we have the dis- distribution system for it but again it is very important to be able to distinguish disinformation from the the real deal so um, in the first degree tradition 
of, of all of the mystery schools. The, the person was basically called an initiate or an apprentice. Okay? Now, in the tradition of Freemasonry, the first degree initiate is called the entered apprentice. The entered apprentice. This means that he has entered the system of initiation. He has entered the lodge system. Okay? But he is not yet totally privy to the light or the truth. He needs to slowly take in that information so that he can slowly begin to better himself. Now, I want to direct everyone's attention to image number seven. This is where we're going to start talking about the first degree initiate, the entered apprentice in Freemasonry. Okay, uh, actually, before I do that, I wanted to get back just momentarily to the concept of um, this lost word, okay? Because we're going to see what that means when we break down image number nine tonight, the first degree tracing board, the entered apprentice degree tracing board. The concept of the lost word, which Hiram Abiff was murdered for, okay, is actually the word equilibrium. Equilibrium is the lost word, okay? But it, it's not a word. It's a state of consciousness. It means the balance that one must arrive at in order to come up to a higher level of consciousness, Okay? It's the balance between the left and the right brain hemispheres, and it's the balance between thought, emotion, and action working in harmony with each other. Okay? The three modalities of consciousness. That is what the concept that is ultimately sought in Freemasonry is. And this is considered a lost modality, the lost word, because most people aren't in that state of balance or equilibrium. It's something that has been lost from the world. It is represented by the concept of the all-seeing eye, the stone the builders rejected, which is the capstone of a pyramid or the pyramidion, the all-seeing eye on top of the, uh, the, the pyramid, which you see on the back of the $1 bill. Again, this concept is related to the third eye, which is the balancing of the left and right brain hemisphere. We're going to see that tonight again, when we break down the first degree board. So I just wanted to mention that, that Hiram Abiff could not have given them that. He, he, he you know, basically honored uh, his tradition by not giving out its, quote, secrets. And again, there are really no secrets in true Freemasonry. In Freemasonry, oh, there, there's dark there are secrets in dark masonry, but in true Freemasonry, there are no secrets. And anyone who has really taken the... the true understanding of the esoteric uh, form of Freemasonry into their minds and hearts will, will teach it un, uh, uh, unwaveringly, will teach it um, unselfishly to anyone who has uh, any desire to learn about uh, these concepts and ideas. Um, uh, they will never hold information back to, from anyone. You know? Um, Anybody who will tell you that I can't tell you about Freemasonry, you know, who claims to be a true Mason, doesn't understand what Freemasonry really is. Uh, no one who was asked for knowledge about consciousness uh, that really, truly had a desire to learn, uh, and whoever had that, that knowledge would never deny it to that individual. 
Okay, so um, that's one way that I will distinguish between a true Freemason and one who really doesn't understand the tradition, even if their heart may be in the right place, so to speak, as far as, you know, they're trying to better themselves. They have not really truly come online and don't really deeply understand the tradition. Or if they did, they would share uh, that knowledge with anyone who wanted to partake with it, who had the desire to do that. You know, they might learn a little bit about that person first to try to gauge if their intentions uh, are in the right place and then then disseminate it. But uh, they would definitely not just say, "Oh, I don't, I don't talk about what I know." Okay, uh, that would be the hallmark of uh, a dark occultist, and that's not the right footsteps to follow in. I think that's really what has led us to this sorry condition that humanity is in in the modern day is not disseminating information about consciousness in a widespread and distributed way. So let's look at image number seven. This is what the first degree initiate is led into the lodge system for the first time. This is what he wears. You can see that the clothes are completely disheveled, okay? And this represents the state of not being in equilibrium. It represents the state of being in a state of imbalance in consciousness, okay? There is the, the pant leg is rolled up on one side and down on another. The shirt arm is rolled up on one side and down on another. The person is generally just disheveled in general. Their shirt is, you know, sticking out of their pants. Most times you'll see that in, in, uh, in image number, uh, number eight which is an actual photo. So image number seven here, for those who are following the images on the website, are, is a rendering, is a drawing of what the entered apprentice uh, initiate looks like. Uh, image number eight is an actual older photo from inside of a lodge. You could see the initiate there wearing the blindfold uh, in image eight and standing between the two pillars. And you see the seals of Solomon on the archway behind him. Again, the chalice and the blade united. Uh, this is not simply, uh, it's, it's used in uh, Judaism and in Israel in particular, but that's not the origin of that sign, okay, of that symbol. This is the unification of the, the blade, which is an upward pointing triangle representing the male, uh, masculine aspects of consciousness, the left brain, and then the inverted triangle, which is known as the, cha um, the, the chalice, symbolically, uh, as a cup, okay? Um, this is the representation of the sacred feminine aspect of consciousness, the right brain hemisphere, okay? And it's also the unification of the male principle of action, okay, with the feminine principle of emotion. We have to bring our actions into al alignment with our emotions. So um, you see in between the two pillars, we're going to discuss pillars in depth tonight, symbolically what they represent, okay? And you see him there in between the two pillars, okay? But he's in a state of imbalance. He's at the beginning of the journey, okay? He has to go through those pillars, okay? Come into the main part of the lodge, which is really ultimately a symbolic representation of the self, the being has to go within and, within and work to correct the imbalances within himself to make himself 
into a better human being and get out of that disheveled, uh, um, imbalanced condition so that he can come to the place of equilibrium, the balance between the left and right brain hemisphere and the unification of the heart with the mind. Okay? That's ultimately what this is all about. And he wears what is called the cable toe around his neck. Okay, you see it there. It looks like a form of a noose. Okay, and what this represents is that a person in a state of extreme psychological imbalance who has no equilibrium, certainly, okay, they are in a state of mental, psychological, emotional, and spiritual decay, okay, um, they often need to be dragged, kicking and screaming to the light, to the truth. They need a, a push, so to speak, or a pull, as the case may be, okay, in order to be shown the truth. And in their imbalanced state, the truth may not always be uh, pleasurable. As a matter of fact, many times it's very disturbing, okay? as we see with people who are in the state of cognitive dissonance about events like 9-11 or just, you know, the state of freedom in general. You know, they're in denial about it. Well, the, the initiate is shown here. And, you know, this is a subtle form of mockery. It is a subtle form of, of basically having the initiate dressed like this. They will think about, hopefully they will think about, what is being told to me? Uh, what is being said here? Especially if they're not really in a state of any kind of decent consciousness to begin with. Again, true Freemasonry seeks to find people that are in a, a somewhat of a state of consciousness that is ready to receive the truth. Okay, And what's being done here in the first degree, the entire first degree, I would have to concede, is sort of a subtle form of occult mockery, okay? And it's done to spur the person on to show them you have a lot of work to do, okay? Uh, you know, not to, be, not to beat them over the head with things, but to basically say you can be much, much better than you are now. And, you know, the first degree tracing board, as we're going to see, really, there, there's no way that the entered apprentice just coming to these symbols and allegories for the very first time could possibly decode them, certainly not all at once. I, let me tell you something, folks. It took me years, years to understand truly all of the symbolism in the first-degree board alone. Okay? Years. And I'm going to attempt to basically convey that information in one show, which... You know, good luck to me to try to do that, but I'm going to give it a shot. Um, the, this is, the symbols of this tradition need to be meditated upon. They need to be contemplated upon, and they need to be concentrated upon. All three modes of thought need to be employed. I'd say really contemplate these symbols, particularly the first-degree board. There's so much in it, it's unbelievable, and I still discover things in it from time to time that are new to me. So it's an ongoing process, and essentially what they're doing is giving somebody the, the, really the whole answer to the mystery traditions and to life in general 
in one image. Because that, that, the first degree tracing board, which we're going to look at in image number nine, is a book. It's not one image. That's a book that you're being handed. Okay? And it's more than a book. It's, it's a volume of encyclopedias. All right? And it's more than that. It's a complete archive of knowledge. All within that one image, believe it or not. Okay? It breaks down so much that it's unbelievable. And... Um, Essentially, like I said, what they're doing is they're basically saying, oh, here, here it all is. There, there's one image there. It's all there. And they know that that person can't possibly decipher it. That person doesn't even know what they're holding when they're given that tracing board. They have no idea what they're holding. So is it a subtle form of, you know, a, a jest? A absolutely. It's a subtle form of a mocking jest that they're basically, you know, ribbing the person saying, you know, we have at this point, more knowledge than you, and you really need to work on yourself to get to a higher level. You know, you're, you're a mess is basically what's being said in so many words, okay? So that's the main concept here. The, the entered apprentice is a play on words. And again, we will see over and over again going forward, looking into the occult, how word play is very favored in occult traditions. It's extremely favored in dark occult traditions, but it's also used in the more positive traditions. Okay? They, they like wordplay. This is called green language. Okay? It's a take on words of phonetic sounds, how they combine, what the different variants of them are. Okay? And they're saying something in code. The entered apprentice is actually the interred, interred apprentice, the buried apprentice, the, the one who is actually seeking to come out of the grave to be resurrected from their state of darkness. Okay? They are interred. They are buried. Their spirit is buried. Their mind is buried. Okay? Their morality is buried. Their ability to live in harmony with natural law is buried. It's covered up. The dirt needs to be taken away. It needs to be removed so that they can come up out of that grave, okay, which is, we're going to see later is symbolically very much represented by a coffin in Freemasonry. Okay? And you can actually see that in image 13. There's a coffin at the very beginning or bottom of the stairway leading to the two pillars of initiation. Okay? We'll look at that later, but the point I'm trying to get at here is the, the entered apprentice degree is actually a play on words. It, it means the interred apprentice, the one who is actually spiritually buried. They're in a state of darkness. And the solution... What they really need to receive is light, which is knowledge about oneself and knowledge about how natural law works. That's what Freemasonry refers to symbolically uh, as truth. They call it light. Okay? Because the idea is that the creator placed the light into the world. It is the creator's light that nourishes us, that sustains us, that gives us life and strength and energy, etc., Okay, just like the sun gives light to the earth and gives energy to the earth and sustains the earth and the processes of life here. Well, the creator of the universe 
ultimately bears the light into the world. Okay, it is it is without that there is nothing. All right, and that concept is called light. This goes back to the very first words of Genesis in the Bible. Okay, because uh, they Freemasonry does borrow a lot from biblical allegories and and biblical uh, uh, traditions. In Genesis, the words attributed to the creation of the universe is let there be light. And in Latin, that is fiat lux. Fiat in Latin means so let it be or let it be done. And lux, L-U-X, means light in Latin. So fiat lux is a phrase that you will often see in a Masonic lodge, often toward the east where the the um, the main altar usually faces with the three candles on it. Okay, um, basically uh, you'll you'll sometimes see in the main um, uh, area uh, where the rituals are conducted facing. So th- this will be the, often the most ornate or elaborate place in the lodge. You will see the phrase fiat looks, and you will sometimes see it accompanying accompanied by the all-seeing eye and sometimes with uh, rays of light uh, streaming from the all-seeing eye, okay? So with that in mind, that phrase, fiat looks, um, let's move on to image number nine. And I'll begin and hopefully be able to do this within the next hour. (laughs) Again, you know, wish me luck to break down the symbols of the first degree tracing board. So let's move to image number nine. And here, uh, and by the way, in a few moments, I'll be connecting into uh, Oracle Broadcasting. I'll try to do that around five after, and uh, we'll be joining the Intel Hub radio show for the second hour. So image number nine shows what is called the first degree tracing board of the entered apprentice degree of Freemasonry. Okay? And what this, what this tracing board represents is the being him or herself. Okay, that's the best way I can put it. This is you. This is not only you, this is the universe as well. It's both. Okay, because the microcosm is the reflection of the macrocosm the concept of as above, so below, all right? The concept that the universe is self-similar across scales, all right? It is the earth. It is the universe. It is you. Ultimately, what you're looking at is the synthesis of all of those scales in the universe all together in one image, And this is symbolically represented by these three pillars with the checkerboard floor, the ladder, the tools, the gods in the heavens represented by the sun, the moon, and the all-seeing eye, okay? And this is known symbolically as the Temple of Solomon in Freemasonry, okay? Now, this concept is biblical, of course. We read about the construction of the Temple of Solomon in the Bible, and people say that this is there is a physical location for this building, and it exists in Jerusalem and Israel. Okay, and even if there was a temple there, 
that uh, you know was an important place of worship and ceremonies and rituals. Wonderful. The actual Temple of Solomon is symbolic. It exists within us. That is fact. This idea that this temple needs to be rebuilt and it's a physical building is believing in the, the actual, literal telling of this allegorical story. The temple that needs to be rebuilt is the temple in man. Okay? It is the temple that exists within us that needs to be rebuilt. Because the state of consciousness represented by this temple is in a state of disarray on earth. It's in a state of complete degradation. It's basically in ruins. The temple of Solomon is in ruins. Metaphorically. Symbolically. Okay? Not literally, not a building. Okay? I want to make that point very clear. This is all symbolic. Okay? What we need to do, what our work is, as we've talked about extensively on this show, is to bring balance or equilibrium to ourselves through unifying our thoughts, our emotions, and our actions, and through the process of healing the schism that exists within us between the left and right brain hemispheres. And we're going to see in the next hour how this temple represents all of those concepts, okay? And we're going to see how it represents the human brain and how it represents the three aspects of consciousness, all right? And how it represents the spiritual journey itself from earthbound existence to higher level consciousness, from ego identification to cosmic awareness, all right? From darkness to light and how that's a stepwise process that requires time and effort. It's not something that we're just handed or that somebody else can just give us as the ruffians tried to take it from the master builder Hiram Abiff. It doesn't work like that. I can't enlighten you. All I can do is show you some of the things that I've learned and say, okay, enlighten yourself. You know, you are the one doing that process. I'm not the one doing it. You know, no one else enlightened me. I enlightened me. Did people help me along that path? You better believe you, absolutely. Many people I consider much greater teachers than I, okay? You know, I I wish I had some of the, uh, the, the verbal skills and communication skills of some of the people that I learned from, but and some of their drive, you know, I, I consider I have a pretty good drive and, uh, you know, will, but, you know, I look at some of the works other people have done and, you know, what I'm doing pales in comparison to it. But that, that being aside, we need to understand this is all a symbolic uh, uh, allegory, okay? And we need to understand this is all about us. It's all about you. That's what this board is about. It's not about something that's external to you. Too many people get trapped in that literal interpretation of things or even in the symbolic interpretation where they don't really bring it down back to the base level that ultimately what this is about is you and your state of consciousness and what you can do to improve it. 
So I'm going to connect into Oracle Broadcasting right now, and Bob Tuscan will then introduce me after the, the break, and uh, we'll come back in the second hour, and uh, we will extensively break down the first-degree uh, tracing board of Freemasonry. So here we go. Bear with me while I connect in. I'll be back in a few moments, folks. You have reached the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network call-in line. After the beep, please say your name and where you're calling from, and the on-air host will take your call momentarily. Mark Passio, what on earth is happening? An alternate system of trade will be a necessity. Goodworldmarket.com is your free market solution to the economic crisis. Barter with small businesses without using government money. Stretch your buying power in these hard financial times by saving up to 50% on great products and services. Keep money in your community and away from the big banks. Reserve your wealth from hyperinflation and even become a merchant and immediately begin increasing your sales. Visit freeworldmarket.com now. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. Talk Screen Live introduces our first... Eric 559, are you there? Bob, how are you? Is that Mark? Yes, it is. Hey, Mark, how are you? Doing well. I'm glad you were able to get through tonight, unlike the last time. Much smoother. Cool, man. Had a real good... I've been plugging the Free Your Mind conference a lot, so you don't have to plug it too much. Okay. Great. Although it could never hurt. Throughout history, the power Uh, Let's see here. I'm trying to get your... I might not have your music up. Power of the Purse Volume 1. If not, we'll just jump right into it. And also, I'm going to leave, so you can just take the show in and out. Just make sure you mention the Intel Hub Radio. And um, I will... Uh, I'll talk to you later. If you could just hang up when you're done, that would be greatly appreciated. And just take it right out to the uh, outro music, right? Yep. You got it. Thanks, Bob. This document is Purchase your two DVD discs. All right, tell me if you can hear this, Mark. Again, that's power of the person who's Freedom Man. That's what it's all about. Could you hear it? Yeah, you could even just lower the hair, but it's good. Okay. For years now, I have been cheating the multinational pharma cartels and have avoided extensive doctor bills by taking Enerfood products every day. These are the products right. that the powers that be do not want you to know about, and with Codex Alimentarius legislation, are actively trying to ban. Why? Because if you take Enerfood, coconut milk powder, and switch to all organic Nutri Cafe coffee and Coco Mojo, you won't. Go to enerfood.com today to learn more about how a daily inexpensive intake of nature's superfood will increase your immune system by flushing. And how I'm off to Taco Tuesday here in a minute. You know, you can't take on new world. My, my microphone started crap out right at the right time. There you go, 10 seconds. Give them a call today, 866-762-9238. 866-762-9238. Tell them Jack Blood sent you. Okay, here we go. Hour number two of the Intel Hub Radio Show. It's Tuesday, which means we have Mark Passio with us with What on Earth is Happening. 
I'll be in Philadelphia with him on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for the Free Your Mind Conference. I'm looking forward to that. And we'll have to do a live remote broadcast, uh, and I'm sure Mark will be around at some point. And I'm going to be doing that, hosting the show live in Philadelphia. So that should be a lot of fun. I look forward to that. All right, here we go. What on earth is happening with Mark Fascio? That's what it's all about. You've got the groove on freedom. Welcome. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening. This show will discuss the topics of human consciousness, mind control, natural law, the occult, and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of Earth. What on Earth is Happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, listeners. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening as part of the second hour of the Intel Hub radio show here on Oracle Broadcasting. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. I'd like to uh, direct your attention to that site for the images that we're going to discuss uh, on the show tonight. And uh, basically, there'll really be one image that I'm really going to be focused in on. If you go to whatonearthishappening.com, and you click on the Listen Live page, the Radio Listen uh, button that is up on the upper left-hand corner of the site, you can um, then be taken to the Player page. And right underneath the player, there is something called Images for Tonight's Show, and there's 13 images listed there on the topic of Freemasonry, which I've been discussing over the last few weeks. I'm going to be breaking down image number nine on that list here in the second hour tonight, because in the first hour of the show, uh, my show normally begins at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, and then the second hour is picked up on Oracle Broadcasting, we were discussing Freemasonry, and we were breaking down some concepts of this uh, allegorical tradition. And tonight, I'm going to be breaking down the tracing board of the first degree of Freemasonry, the degree known as the Entered Apprentice Degree. So we'll be looking at that. I know Bob has uh, made mention of it. I'm going to briefly let you know about the Free Your Mind Conference coming up in Philadelphia. It's going to be an incredible event this weekend in Philadelphia. If you're in the area, please come out and join us. There will be so much information, and it's just going to be a great time with 16 phenomenal speakers from all over the country. This Sunday, April 9th and 10th at Ruba Hall, 414 Green Street in Philadelphia. Doors open at 9 a.m. Speakers begin at 10 a.m. on both days. Admission is $30 per day at the door, and the featured speakers are Aaron McCollum, Alfred Weber, Andrew Bashago, Bob Tuscan, Farrier Dozu, Freeman Fly, Jan Irvin, 
Jay Parker, John Nicholson, Joseph Mara, Larkin Rose, Laura Eisenhower, Mark Matika, Mark Passio, Michael Kelly, and Suzanne Taylor. It is going to be one hell of a weekend in Philadelphia uh, coming up in only a few days. For more information, visit the conference website at freeyourmindconference.com. That's freeyourmindconference.com. All right. So we are going to look at image number nine on that image list, and we're going to break that down extensively. So image number nine shows the first degree tracing board of Freemasonry. The, the, the degree, the first degree is known as the entered apprentice. And what I was explaining earlier was that the entered apprentice is really a play on words. It stands for the interred apprentice. This means buried, okay? Interment is burial. This is a person who is basically in a state of imbalance in consciousness. They have been conditioned into an, a non-natural state. They are in darkness, okay? Their spirit is buried. Their soul is essentially deadened, okay? And it needs to be resurrected from this sorry, pitiful state that most people dwell in on the earth. And sadly, very sadly, most people die in that condition without being raised truly, okay? So what this first degree is about is initiation into knowledge and it is ultimately about changing one's thoughts. It is about the process of transformation and ascension in consciousness. So this first degree out of the first three degrees corresponds to thought, okay, in the trinity of thought, emotion, and action. And it proceeds in that process. The first degree is about thought. The second degree is about emotion. The third degree is about action. Okay, the first degree is about the, the disheveled state that an, an apprentice or an initiate enters into this allegorical tradition. And again, we're not talking about lodge Freemasonry here. Okay, we're talking about esoteric Freemasonry, true Freemasonry from a uh, uh, an allegorical perspective. Okay, breaking down the symbols and understanding what these symbols and allegories truly mean under the surface, okay? Uh, getting down to the, the core of what these symbols are about. And very powerful vistas of awareness can open up to us if we deeply understand what they represent. So let's look at this uh, board in image number nine, okay? And I, su I suggested at the end of last hour that people truly contemplate and meditate upon this board. Don't just cursorily examine it. Really look at it. Uh, think upon it. Set it down and then come back to it again later. Okay? Uh, this will actually do wonders to open up your understanding of some of these uh, symbols that are contained in this uh, very complex uh, image that I likened to a book or even a volume of encyclopedias. There is so much knowledge contained within this one image, and that's how the mystery traditions did it in the ancient past. They would encode knowledge so that it would not be lost through verbal tradition retelling, okay? As you can, you know, see that 
you know, you have a line of people, you start a story at one end of the line and tell people to just repeat the story uh, from, from mouth to ear, as it goes down to the other end of the line, it generally becomes something that barely resembles what it started as, okay? Not so with symbolism, because it carries deep connotative meanings that are connected in with archetypes in the subconscious mind. Therefore, it preserves the original teachings much better. I hear the intro music for this break. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'll be right back, folks. The Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network is on a mission to bring you the best in cutting-edge talk radio. Oracle Broadcasting is a true beacon of free speech, uncensored news, and relevant information that depends on the support of listeners just like you. You can help us expand our reach and inform the masses. Promote the network by clicking the socialize link on the left-hand side of the oraclebroadcasting.com website. Using the simple tools provided, it is easy to spread the word about Oracle Broadcasting on social networking websites, blogs, news feeds, and many other ways with just one click. You can also help by becoming an Oracle Broadcasting member today. For just $5 a month, you get access to the member stream. It allows you to listen to all of the great shows from Oracle Broadcasting in 128K stereo CD audio quality. To find out more, go to oraclebroadcasting.com. And thank you for listening to the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. Amazon.com has become a leader in online retail and is a place where people can find and discover virtually anything they want to buy. Amazon offers thousands of products, including books, movies, and music, full range of electronics, computer and office, sports and outdoors, dry storable and organic foods, health and wellness, survival and tactical gear, home and garden, and much more. Amazon not only offers over 10,000 online products, but also operates retail websites and offers programs that enable you to sell your products online. By making your purchases through Amazon.OracleBroadcasting.com, a portion of each purchase goes to the Oracle Broadcasting Network. Find very prices on hard-to-find items and help support Oracle Broadcasting at the same time. That website, again, is Amazon.OracleBroadcasting.com. We just had a dropout with or- the Oracle Network. I'm going to attempt to connect back in. You have reached the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network call-in line. After the beep, please say your name and where you're calling from, and the on-air host will take your call momentarily. Mark Passio, what on earth is happening? Log on to our website and watch a short video. Learn about our food selection, how to start your own business, and how you can try six meals for free. Log on to BeFoodReady.com. You are listening to the Oracle Broadcasting Network, the home of cutting-edge talk radio. 
Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're back on What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. We are discussing the first degree tracing board of the entered apprentice degree of Freemasonry. It is image number nine that we are looking at on my website on the radio listen page, image number nine. And let's begin breaking this very complex series of symbols that is found in this board uh, down uh, one element at a time, okay? So you will see that uh, we are looking into an image here, and there's a border around the outside that is blue, and then there's a, a trestle, okay? And we have directional markers, north, south, east, and west, okay, with east arranged at the top of the image. And then we are looking at a scene with three pillars, okay? There is a light pillar on the left-hand side, a darker pillar on the right-hand side, and then there is a pillar in the middle with a ladder on it, okay, leaned up against it, basically, and there is a checkered floor at the bottom of this scenario, okay? Uh, you see two stones, or what are referred to in uh, masonry as ashlars, okay, in the background there. You see some building tools arrayed by the pillars, and then uh, there is a ladder with three uh, people on this ladder at three different positions, and then uh, above in the sky, there is the sun on the left, the moon on the right, and uh, an eye with light uh, radiating out of it in the center of the image, okay? That's basically what is, is described, that's what we're seeing here in this uh, complex imagery. So this tracing board is a representation, a symbolic representation of what is known as the Temple of Solomon. The Temple of Solomon. Now, the Temple of Solomon exists biblically, okay? It's a, it's a, this is found in the Bible, and Solomon, who was a king, uh, commissioned builders to build him a majestic temple in which he would uh, basically worship God and, and lead his people. Um, he commissioned the master builder Hiram Abiff, to build this temple. And again, as I said in the first hour, this is symbolic. This is not about a physical building called the Temple of Solomon that exists in Jerusalem. Okay? Uh, this is about you. You are this symbolic temple of Solomon. Okay? It is about the earth as well and its relationship to the universe. And this is about the universe. It's about the concept that the universe is self-similar across scales. That this is the principle of correspondence. That's what it's known as in the tradition of Hermeticism. Okay? People will uh, be familiar with the phrase, that which is above is like to that which is below. Okay? Or simply, as above, so below. It means that as is the microcosm, so goes the macrocosm. 
as consciousness becomes imbalanced in many individuals individually, you, you will see chaotic results in the shared uh, collective experience that we call daily life. It just logically makes sense. Okay, so the concept of the um, correspondence between all things and the self-similarity of uh, elements within creation is expressed through this image. The thing I want you to ultimately understand about this is this is about you. It is not about anything external to you. That's the first concept to keep in mind. Okay, so let's look at the individual elements and what these symbolically represent, okay? Not literally, but symbolically represent in the image, okay? As symbols. Because an allegorical story unfurls as we decode each individual element of symbology within this complex piece of, of imagery, okay? The checkerboard floor is where I'd like to start. What the checkerboard floor represents is low consciousness, or simply unconsciousness, okay? It represents not being aware. That's what the checkerboard floor represents, okay? It means that you can be on the, uh, within the light or within the darkness, and you don't really know which is which, okay? You don't really have a deep understanding of natural law or morality, you don't really have an understanding of the human psyche, how it works, how it may be manipulated through knowledge of how it works if one is not in possession of that same knowledge, okay? And therefore, uh, we see that this is the same symbolism that is on a chessboard. So therefore, it can be likened to the game of chess. Well, the chess master moves the pieces on the board, okay? So if you're on the board... If you're on that checkerboard floor of the house, as it is referred to as the temple of the, the floor of the temple, okay, um, you are but a piece that can be moved and positioned at will through conditioning, okay, through mind control, in other words, by the masters of the game, and the masters of the game are these occultists that I have referred to in the past that basically do have deep knowledge of the psyche of humanity, of, of how the brain works and how the motivations and desires and instincts of people work. And the, the knowledge is extensive and deep and it has been amassed for thousands of years. So they have an extreme head start. They have an extreme advantage because they're working with deep, intimate knowledge of how the game works, how natural law works, and how people work. And most people in the world have no idea about any of these things. They're completely in the dark. And sadly, many of them don't even want to know because they consider that things are so bad. It's too much work. It's too hard to do. It requires too much effort. And I don't want to be involved in trying to figure out what's really going on or improve myself. I'd rather just remain ignorant, you know, and continue to get what I'm getting. And that is exactly how, how it works, and that's what will continue to happen if people make that decision. But if they want to improve themselves, they can begin that stepwise process that requires effort and dedication and time of climbing that ladder off of the floor, off of the game board floor, where one is no longer just a pawn or a piece 
to be positioned in this grand game of chess that's being played by chess masters, okay, and they can become initiated into knowledge of self. That's ultimately what this is about, knowledge of self, which is the only true knowledge really worth having is the understanding of, of ourselves and how we work. This is why we're being conquered as a people, because we don't have an understanding of ourselves to any level of depth. And most people will want to run away from that understanding instead of confront it, sadly. Okay? So what we need to do is work to, toward the process of ascending that ladder. That ladder is a very important symbol, which we'll get to. Okay? But what we see before we even get to that ladder are these two pillars which are dualistic in their nature, okay? There is one there on the left that leads to the sun, one on the right that leads to the moon, okay? And let's leave it right there. I hear the intro music uh, for the next break. So we will pick up on the concept of the two pillars and the duality that is inherent in that symbolism when we come back after the break. I'm Mark Passio. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. For Great Talk Radio, you found it. This is the Oracle Broadcasting Network. You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal, but something seems to be missing. Stickers. From LibertyStickers.com. Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers. That's LibertyStickers.com. But wait. <laughs> There's more. You can buy Liberty Stickers wholesale. Get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 or more in your shopping cart in any combination. Sell them or give them away. They're great for gun shows, flea markets, fairs, outreach, and more. Earn extra money, promote freedom, and spread the word. Need custom stickers, labels, or decals for your organization or business? Liberty Stickers makes them. Go to LibertyStickers.com to order or call 877-873-9626. LibertyStickers.com, the world's most dangerous stickers. My name's John. I've been having problems with my blood pressure for years. My doctors tried everything without much success. I heard about extended life from a friend and thought, why not give it a try? It's been three months now. My doctor's very pleased with how my blood pressure is finally coming down. I have a lot more energy than I've had in a long time. It's working for me. For 12 years now, I've been helping people. My name is Don Wickin, and I want you to know Extendivite works. If you're looking for more energy or just want to be as healthy as you can, now is the time to join the growing list of real people benefiting from Extendivite. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's one 1- 877-928-8822 or visit our website at heartdrop.com.
At HempUSA.org, we offer chemical-free products to people around the world, detoxifying, self-healing, while rebuilding the immune system. We urge our listeners to please consider our largest-selling product, Microplant Powder. Our Microplant Powder is rich in silica and probiotics to help rebuild the immune system and to create a healthy stomach flora. Microplant powder is excellent for daily intake and is perfect to add to your storage shelter. We urge our listeners to please visit us at hempusa.org. And remember, all of our products are chemical-free and healthy to eat. We constantly strive to give you the best service, highest quality, and rapid shipping anywhere. And we offer free shipping on orders over $95 in the U.S. Please visit us at hempusa.org or call 908-691-2608. That's 908-691-2608. See what our powder, seeds, and oil can do for you at hempusa.org. Okay, we're back on What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Before the break, we were beginning to look into the two pillars that are in the forefront of this image that we're breaking down, which is the first-degree tracing board of Freemasonry. And this left-hand pillar, they're marked with an S at the base. That S stands for strength. This pillar is known as the pillar of Joachim, or sometimes pronounced Yaquin. That's J-A-C-H-I-N. And it leads to the sun over top of that pillar, and it is a Doric pillar. And Doric is a masculine quality building type. Okay, It is the light pillar, sometimes referred to as, or simply the pillar of strength. This would correspond in the Kabbalistic tradition to the pillar of mercy, Okay, or the right-hand path. Now, in Freemasonry, it is on the left, okay, uh, because this is representative of the male solar qualities of the left brain. All right, that's what this represents. The left brain hemisphere, which is a logical, um, mathematical, scientific, uh, linear, etc. Okay, um, all of the the masculine qualities of consciousness and the right-hand pillar, the pillar of Boaz, marked there with a B. I'm hearing some music on the line. I'm not sure where that's coming from. Is that coming from the network end? I don't think we're scheduled for another break, but I'm not sure. Okay, it faded off. Not sure really what that was, but um, going right back into it. The pillar of Boaz on the right-hand side of the image, that's B-O-A-Z. It's marked with a B. Okay, this is the pillar on the right that leads to the moon, and that is a Corinthian pillar, which is a feminine uh, building style. Okay, the elaborate or ornate pillar. It is a darker pillar. It's sometimes simply called the dark pillar. In the Kabbalistic tradition, this would correspond to the 
pillar of severity, which is on the left-hand side in the Kabbalistic tradition. They're telling me on the network end that it has not, that my voice has not been going out over Oracle, it appears. So, trying to bring that back up. Well, anyway, I will just continue on so as not to lose any more time. Um, this right-hand pillar is called the Pillar of Boaz. It is marked with a B at the bottom or the base of the pillar, and that B stands for beauty. Okay, So we have the Pillar of Strength on the right, representing the masculine qualities of consciousness, and the feminine pillar on the uh, the masculine pillar on the left representing strength or the masculine qualities of consciousness. That is the active pillar, the pillar of action. Okay, And on the right-hand side, we have the pillar of Boaz or beauty representing the feminine qualities, the lunar qualities. There's the break music. This is the only supplier that I trust for fresh ayahuasca pine directly from the Amazon Basin. Just go to truthfrequencyradio.com and click on the banner right on our front page. And don't forget, Chris, Fountain Bear also offers only the freshest Amanita Mustaria, San Pedro Pactus, Salvia Divinorum, High Kratom, and much, much more. So order now through our website at truthfrequencyradio.com by clicking on the banner. Your order will be shipped securely, and your information is always kept safe and confidential. And by ordering through truthfrequencyradio.com, not only will you get the best customer service on the planet, but you'll also be supporting the show. So don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, tap into the Truth Frequency every Saturday at 10 o'clock Central on Oracle Broadcasting, truthfrequencyradio.com. In a world where corrupt officers and all microbes have seized control of the population, is amongst us. The burden of humanity rests on our shoulders. The only way to expose these global crime syndicates known as the New World Order. Together, we are all one. Together, we are in our soldiers. The battle for the humanity ensues. Join us in the fight. The Intel of com. Hi, this is Mike Chambers. Join me live weekdays for Mike Chambers Live from 11 to 3 p.m. Central Time here on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. All right, folks, this is the Intel Hub Radio Show. And hopefully we're back and up and running now. Let's see if we can finish things off with... Mark Passio, sorry for the technical difficulties. This is Oracle Broadcasting, and coming up next is Live Free or Die with Lee Rogers. And Mark, are you there, buddy? Yes, I am. Well, I'm glad that uh, we have you back now. And 
Great. We'll let you wrap things up here in the 10-minute segment uh, that we have to close tonight's show. You got it. Sorry about the tech difficulties. I had no idea what happened, but let's jump right back into it. You What's going it. on with this Freemason symbolism? Yeah, people will have a field day with this one, you know, getting disconnected as soon as I start talking about uh, the uh, uh, initiation of Freemasonry and some of its symbols. They'll, uh, you know, think that uh, some forces don't want this information revealed. But uh, I can assure you it's just some frustrating technical difficulties, and we seem to have that handled now. So I'm continuing on with the breakdown of the first-degree tracing board, and we were looking at the duality that is symbolized by the two uh, forward pillars, okay? The pillars marked with the letter S and the letter B. The pillar marked with the letter S there on the left is called the pillar of Jachin, sometimes pronounced Yachin. That's J-A-C-H-I-N. This is the solar masculine pillar that is called the, the light pillar, okay, because it's, it's uh, basically a, a white, whitish in color. Sometimes it's depicted as white. And um, uh, it is distinguished from the dark pillar on the right, which is called the pillar of Boaz, B-O-A-Z. The Jachin pillar... Uh, is Doric, okay, in, in its architectural style. And it leads to the sun because it represents strength or the solar masculine qualities. That's what the S, S at the bottom there represents. And it represents the solar masculine qualities of consciousness, the left brain hemisphere, and also action. It is the active principle in the trinity of consciousness, thoughts, emotions, and actions. The right-hand pillar, uh, conversely, the pillar of Boaz, B-O-A-Z, is the uh, Corinthian pillar. It is dark because it is lunar or feminine, and it represents the qualities of night or passiveness or uh, things being cloaked or uh, you know, not out in the open. Okay? So uh, this pillar is the sacred feminine or the, um, the lunar qualities of consciousness, and it represents the internal, sometimes veiled, uh, aspect of consciousness called emotion. So we have the emotional pillar and the pillar of action. And ultimately, the goal that we need to strive toward is to unify these two in a process of synthesis, such that our actions are in alignment with our emotions. Therefore, that middle pillar is the way Okay, and it is marked with a W there because it represents wisdom. Wisdom is what we do with what we know. Okay, it's what we do when we know something is right or not right, and the action that we decide to take on it, and if it is in alignment with truth and morality and natural law, we are ascending in consciousness and going up that ladder. And that middle pillar is, again, uh, has a Kabbalistic um, uh, analog to it, that is the pillar of mildness, which is the middle pillar on the Kabbalistic tree of life. So here, repeated again, the three paths or pillars, just like we saw when we broke down the Kabbalistic tradition and the tree of life. So the, the solar male pillar of Jachin would correspond with the Kabbalistic pillar of mercy, okay, uh, which is about action and the external aspects of consciousness, meaning what we do. And then the uh, pillar of Boaz on the right, the lunar pillar, corresponds with the Kabbalistic pillar or path known as the path of severity, which is about the internal qualities, namely the emotional qualities, and that is the veiled or dark or feminine aspect 
So the, these pillars we can clearly see are all about the three aspects of consciousness, thought, emotion, and action. The, the, the pillar in the middle, at the end of the board, meaning if we look into it from a sense of depth perspective, as we are moving forward, it lies at the end of the journey. Okay, This is the uh, middle pillar, the pillar of wisdom, and it is called in the Freemasonic tradition, Jacob's Ladder. Okay, And there is the ladder, and again, that's another uh, story, an allegorical story told in the Bible. Jacob ascends uh, the ladder, he sees the heavenly realms and the vistas of consciousness that are available to him in a higher state of awareness, and when he comes back down to the earth, he is sort of disillusioned and basically makes the statement that this place is a terrible place because it is in quite a state of disarray and in a state of ruins uh, because people's consciousness are in such a state of imbalance. So, the idea here is unification of what seem to be opposites, the masculine and feminine qualities of consciousness or the left and right brain hemispheres. But in fact, they are really um, need to be brought together into harmony and unison with each other if we are to, again, ascend in consciousness and go up Jacob's ladder. And this is all symbolic about healing one's own emotional, mental, and psychological state which is really in the modern world in most people in a very uh, poor condition because of all the conditioning and outright uh, psychological manipulation and mind control that we undergo from a very young age and the indoctrination that we are put through in school and the foods, the horrible foods that uh, a lot of people uh, eat and take into themselves and the horrible media that they are connected to and the you know, frivolous and trivial pursuits that they pay attention to the forms of media that they take into themselves, all keep them in this state of imbalance in the brain and in the psyche, which is, which is represented by the dualistic nature of these pillars. So again, the goal is synthesis, and that is what is represented in the, uh, the depth aspect of the image, meaning moving from what appears to be in front of you in the image to a farther place in the image. As you go along, that is the journey in life that you make, toward unity consciousness, okay? If we are moving in the right direction, which is toward the east. You can see the east is in the direction ahead. West would be backward or behind you, okay? South would be to the right and north would be to the left if you are progressing forward in this image, okay? And indeed, east is toward the light or the rising sun. And that's what is ultimately represented up at the top of the image, not only on the left, but even in the all-seeing eye where the rays of light are coming uh, from the eye. This is the synthesis or the union of the left and right brain hemispheres that is characterized by the turning on or the opening of the all-seeing eye, which is the pineal gland in the center of the head, okay? The, the, the gland or the chakra area that the mystics of all different traditions have referred to as the third eye or the one eye, the single eye. In the book of Luke, in the Bible, okay, Jesus' words, uh, the words attributed to Jesus, uh, basically say that if you make the eye single, your body will be full of light. But if it remains dual, your body will be full of darkness. So in other words, it's showing that the way to balance and light, uh, and this is 
told coincidentally or synchronistically, I should say, in the book of Luke, which corresponds with the word light. Looks is light in Latin. The book of Luke is the book of light. Okay, um, and that that uh, very powerful symbolic allegory contained there also is an explanation of how to come online to a higher state of awareness by unifying the masculine and feminine principles within the self or unifying wow. emotion and action. It looks like that's Mark, all. Yes. That is all the time we have today. And, yeah. you know, it's funny because this, this touches on exactly what I'll be talking about at the Fear Mind Conference. And I just got back uh, from a dinner party uh, while the, the technical difficulties went arise. And uh, sure enough, I uh, was talking about how we only uh, are seeing so much of the dark uh, and the dark things in, in this day and age because of so much light. Does that make sense? Absolutely. The more light that is shed into a very uh, dirty and disheveled room, the more you will see of how badly right. the state of disarray that room is in. And that's what we do on the radio show five days a week, the Intel radio show our special contributor, Mark Passio. What on earth is happening? Dot com is his website. Mark, thanks so much. We'll have to do it again next week. Bob, thank you. Everyone, check out the website, freeyourmindconference.com, and come on up out to the Free Your Mind Conference in Philadelphia this weekend if you're able. Thanks, Bob. Great. I'll see you there, folks. All right, we'll see you tomorrow night uh, with another edition of the Intel Hub Radio Show. Special guest, James Fetzer, and so much more. Stay tuned. Live free or die with Lee Rogers coming up next on oraclebroadcasting.com.